As I mentioned last week, we had our priestly ordinations last Thursday, and so I'm glad to say and say that I witnessed it, and I think it took, and it lasted, but we have two new priests for our diocese, Father Mark Ani and Father Christian Smith, and they're both good men, and so we should be grateful to God and, and to pray for them. As you know, too, that means my two-year reign as the youngest priest in the, in the diocese is now over. I don't have that, that excuse anymore. But I found a loophole, so there's good news. I think if you add me and Father Johnson together and count us as a duo, we might be the youngest duo, maybe in the United States, I don't know. I'll have to look into that, but certainly in the diocese. And so, there's that. <laughs> when I was 10 years old, when I was 10 years old, my grandfather passed away, my dad's dad. He had been in and out of the hospital for a couple years leading up to the, to the day that he died. Incidentally, that's how I learned to play Pinochle so well. I would go and visit my grandparents in the hospital. I'd buy a newspaper for them, and, uh, and then we'd play Pinochle together. And I'll tell you, there's no better way to learn and get good at Pinochle than the train with 70-year-old German Russians. It's an intense experience. But that week when he did pass away, I can remember almost everything, almost every detail. I remember my dad and what he was going through, torn between his own sadness and grief, torn between the responsibilities of us kids. My family was pretty, pretty young then, and so he had us to take care of and shuttle around, etc., and then take care, taking care of his own mom and all the practicals that went along with that. I can remember visiting my, my grandpa, Grandpa Wolf, for the last time and saying a prayer for and with him. Immediately, if my mind turns there, immediately that picture of looking at him, seeing his face as we prayed, comes back instantly. I can still hear him say thank you after we finish praying as well. Every detail. And these memories of the last time that I had with my grandfather, of course, I cherish. I bring that up not to get too heavy because I know it's an experience many of us can relate with, but I bring that up for two reasons. One, because that's human nature. The moments we spend with family or friends right before death or before saying, before saying goodbye to family or friends, they stick in the deepest part of the soul they stick in the deepest part of the memory. And second, I bring it up because today is the feast of Corpus Christi, the feast of the body and blood of Christ, the feast of the Eucharist. Centuries and centuries and centuries ago, St. Augustine and also St. Thomas Aquinas asked this question, why did Jesus give his church the Eucharist, his Eucharistic presence, why did he give his church the Eucharist when he did? That is, right before he died, at the Last Supper. Here's the answer. Because last words, like those spoken between departing friends, are committed most deeply to the memory. Since that is the time that affection, 
since that is a time that affection for friends is most kindled. And the things which affect us most are impressed in the deepest parts of the soul. Jesus, of course, gave his church the Eucharist at the Last Supper right before he was arrested, tried, and crucified. For all intents and purposes, the Last Supper was Jesus' deathbed. Why did he wait until that last moment with his friends before he was taken to the cross to be crucified to give his friends and his church and all of us his Eucharistic presence? Remember, not some symbol, not some nice sounding symbol, but his real Eucharistic presence, his own body and blood. Because more than anything else, more than anything else, Jesus wanted these last words. Jesus wanted these last words to stick most deeply in the soul of his friends and also in our soul. Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body. Take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is my blood. So many beautiful things about our faith and so many beautiful things that we can say about what Jesus said and did and taught and how wise and nice they are. But we can ask the question, what did he want? Out of all those things that we like and love about the faith, what did Jesus want for us to cherish the most and to cling to most deeply? What did Jesus keep for the final moment that he would spend with his friends? How did Jesus want to remain with us and for us, his friends, to remain with him? The answer, the Mass, the Eucharist. Everyone, I would encourage you, I would encourage you every time you hear those words, those last words that Jesus gave to us and to his church that he desired for us to cherish most deeply, I would encourage you to hear those words in your Christian imagination. Not some fantasy land, it's real. In your Christian imagination, when you hear those words, Jesus speaks those words to you. not abstractly over the centuries, not to this great crowd of people, not just to the apostles. Jesus says those words to you and for you as his departing words, out of love, out of love for you. And so I'd encourage you, whenever you hear those words, take this and eat of it, this is my body. Take this, drink from it, this is my blood. Jesus says it to you. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, 
born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, 